wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for Thursday, September 10th, 2020. Graham Gius and Matthews here, as always, being joined by the illustrious Mr. Marceau, who I had the pleasure of seeing in person on Saturday to watch that abysmal-ass event, AEW All Out. Mr. Marceau, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I say abysmal. I'm doing well. But I, I say abysmal. There were parts of the show I liked. We just literally got off a 30-minute tangent <laughs> complaining about AEW and what's, what's wrong with the company right now. Um, I, I will offer praise for what I liked. We'll criticize what we didn't like from the show on Saturday coming up very shortly. I do have two questions for you, Mr. Marceau, before we get started. First one being, um, I heard that you were reaching for the brass ring this morning. How's that going for you? I'm still reaching. I just can't get it. Can't still get reaching. It. Okay. Well, one of these days you will get it. Let me know when you do. And the second question, I heard you had to close down your YouTube and Twitch channels. Uh, what, what's the update on that? All shut down. I can't have any third-party... Uh money makers anymore working with the red sox they told you to close down those third party officiates i'm shocked yeah exactly hey can't be making more money just gotta shut it down exactly now there's really no reason to get into that here in today's show that was a big story that dropped about a week ago um in regards to wwe and we mentioned a lot aew do they need to be taking as many shots as they do at wwe no the whole twitch thing i didn't really mind just because it was kind of funny um, WWE did clear that up on Monday. That's not getting nearly as much traction. I mean, that thing on Friday, people fucking blew the fuck up about. And I was pretty like, wow, why would they do that? Like, it seems stupid. But of course, once they clarify and they offered an update on the situation, not publicly, but to the talent, they made it clear, hey, you can still have Twitches and YouTube. You just got to let us know. I don't know about the cameos. That's kind of fucked up. They won't let them do that. But uh, do you have any two cents in the situation, Mr. Marceau? I know we talked about it briefly the other day. No, I mean, I don't I don't think the Twitch thing, I mean, they probably should be letting the company know. I mean, especially on a, on a global level, probably all the viewers they have, they kind of want to keep an eye on it. But, I mean, the cameos, if anything with the cameos, should just everyone should be a set price. I, I feel like it should, for them, be kind of like the, like the autograph sessions and stuff for WrestleMania or like any of those private autograph sessions or meet and greets. It should be a set price. They Maybe they just don't want, the, I mean, I doubt that they care that much, but like, if you went to a Alexa Bliss meet and greet, it's like one hundred ninety nine dollars. You're not paying five hundred dollars for her to deny you in twenty seconds. So <laughs> yeah. if that's what they're doing, like maybe trying to like get more of a even amount or just kind of like a set price. Because just come on, like I understand the people are gonna be like, oh, well, there's people paying it. Yeah, just like paying five hundred dollars to get a twenty second cameo is just like that's a highway robbery. Like Alexa Bliss should be arrested for that. That's just ridiculous. Another <laughs> another thing about that, too, another common complaint when it comes to, like, oh, the $500, if it was any less, then there'd be way too much demand. Then why are the meet and greets $200? Why are the meet and greets $80 sometimes? If that whole demand shit, then they do the same thing. I don't know. I know they close it off after a certain number of people. 
But you've been in those access lines, dude. You know how it is. I mean, it's ridiculous. So what? What? What is? There's literally no difference. And even worse than that is that that I understand. That they're sitting there, they're signing autographs. This they're talking for thirty seconds. I mean, we've we've gone off about the cameo shit before, but like, it may not be her fault. I don't know if she's setting the price or his cameo. I don't really know. Um, but they're sitting there talking to their phone for 30 seconds. You can't tell me they're that busy where they can't do it for $250 as opposed to 500. I mean, come on. Yeah. I just, I think that just, that to me is gross. Having someone pay $500 for you to say like 20 seconds, like, Oh, be having a great day, Graham. Like if you're going through anything hard, like this is what I do. And like, I understand like it's a good message and stuff like that, but like, the, like to most people, $500 is a lot of money. Especially for something like it's not like it's beneficial. Not like obviously them saying, saying like it's beneficial, but like the justifying the cost is just ridiculous to me. And like you said, I think cameo I would assume is more of the performer or whoever's putting it up because obviously people have it at different ranges and stuff like that. I think with the meet and greets, obviously WWE probably has a set price. Maybe the cameo is more because for the meet and greet they only get a certain percentage of that. I'm assuming like mm -hmm. WWE and probably, I don't know, probably decent amount of money compared to that. Cameo, they probably get majority of the money, but I'm just, and I hate the thing is, well, if it's cheaper, more people do it, okay, then they probably make more money. How bad do they really want the extra money? What, doing a couple extra cameos going to put, like, Alexa Bliss into, like, stratosphere? No, like, it's just one of those things that I just, I understand, like, they obviously they don't want, like, immense amount of work, but, okay, instead of $20, put it at, like, $200, but $500, you're just, like, robbing people, which is, like, I think that's just because there's just someone that someone in this world is probably going through something that's so bad to them that they're justifying spending five hundred dollars to have Alexa Bliss say, "Hope you have a good day." But just, I just that's just a gross amount of money for something that's just not really going to change anything. Yeah, I just think it's gross, and I don't know if it's too much work for you to be doing it for two hundred fifty dollars. Listen, I think that's okay. I I, I wouldn't pay two hundred fifty dollars for a thirty second shout out, but it's better than five hundred. I mean, come on, dude. 500 is ridiculous. You can you can go ringside at WrestleMania at least at least for one ticket, or maybe it's a little more than that. But still, you know what I'm saying. Like you go ringside for a RAW for that amount of money, as opposed to getting a, a 30 second video, which you could just pay twice that or half that amount to go meet her in person. Uh, it just it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I never really understood that. It is what it is. But you mentioned too, like if it's too much work for me, just don't fucking do it. Don't sign up for it if you're gonna complain that much about like oh I mean whatever it's their lives. But you know Big E's at a lower price. He's like, I don't know, 125 or something. Dude, he gets cameos all the time. I, apparently, he made like 30,000 bucks on it a couple uh, last year, in the last year from it. That's pretty nuts. Um, and it's not like he's a bigger star, not even not even close than Roman Reigns or an Alexa Bliss. And it's not just an Alexa Bliss thing. Roman Reigns is $500. That's stupid. Sasha Banks, same thing. It's highway robbery. Um, I know that it really has nothing to do with what we're going to be talking about here today, but <laughs> I just, I don't know, I, I mentioned that, so we got to bring it up. Um, also, real quickly, before we go any further with the latest topics from All Out on Saturday, Raw on Monday, NXT, and uh, Dynamite from last night, wanted to bring this up real quick. Got your two cents when I saw you on Saturday. AOP being released from WWE. Um, how shocked were you to hear that, Mr. Marceau? What were your two cents on their departure? I wasn't totally shocked. I think a lot of people were. Just They were one of those talents that have had a ton of injuries over the last couple of years. I think they were hurt at some time in NXT as well. Um it's kind of one. Of, I think they're a good talent together. They, they were. I thought they were pretty good used on the main roster. It just, it's just how 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 much is like the injuries eventually like to the company be like okay these guys are hurt all the time. It's not even worth us 
paying them because they're not going to like produce a company. So I, I like the OP. I just I don't think they were the greatest in ring. I enjoyed them with Rollins more than probably any other time in their career. But if they're going to be hurt all the time, I just I feel like one guy was hurt and then they came back and the other guy got hurt and then just. I mean, the tag team division could use them. They don't really have any tag teams. Um, but maybe they're just looking at the finances and just saying it's not worth us just paying them monthly, probably have to pay for their their recovery and surgeries and stuff like that, and they're, they're constantly getting hurt. So, I mean, uh, roster-wise, I'm kind of shocked because they could use the tag teams, but knowing how they kind of usually handle guys that are more once the injury prone but get hurt a lot, I could, that usually does happen. A lot of guys recently have been hurt more than normal, have been getting released, uh, I would say, in the last couple of years. Yeah, especially at a time like now, and uh, we're recording this now at noon. Uh, I'm going to check social media as we're talking here just because I saw a report from PW Insider, I believe, um, a couple of hours ago, that it said that there might actually be more releases coming in WWE today, more cutbacks. That might not have to do with talents. That might only have to do with backstage people, officials, stuff like that that we don't really know about. For example, Gerald Briscoe, um, WWE Hall of Famer, I believe. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So he got furloughed a couple of months ago, and he actually tweeted out this morning, I think, that he got a call from Vince last night saying that he was no longer needed. So, uh, I mean, not that he offered a, a ton in 2020, but he's done a lot for the company over the last 36 years where it sucks to see him going. Um, that is kind of sad after he's been with the company for so long. But he just may be the latest example of them doing cutbacks today. So I'll I'll check back as we record the show because I feel like if there were gonna be if there was gonna be any news about people getting fired or released or whatever, it was gonna break right now. I think it, the news kind of broke um, back in April regarding those releases around this time of the day. But nonetheless, we'll move along here. Speaking of releases, um, a lot of those talents that we saw released in April ended up showing up in AEW over the last couple of months including one Rusev, who showed up on Dynamite on Wednesday, which we'll get to later on. Uh, we saw Matt Seidel on Wednesday. not I mean, a former WWE talent, but he hasn't been there in close to 10 years, so not exactly fresh off his WWE run. Um, but we'll get into all that as we go along here, as we talk about All Out from Saturday, Raw, NXT, and Dynamite from Wednesday. We'll get to the AEW stuff first for the first half of the show here today. Um, we won't go match by match by match. There was like 11 matches on the show. The buy-in was a complete waste of time. Um, they should have put at least two of these matches on the main show on the buy-in. That being Big Swoller, Britt Baker versus Britt Baker. And listen, I said this going into the show. I'm glad that they were on the main card just because they got two women's matches on the main card. It wasn't really much of a match per se. I thought it was nice. The match itself, of course, was complete shit. Um, I was not a fan of this at all. The tooth and nail stuff. They obviously did it because Britt Baker reportedly, I saw this today, is not clear to compete yet. So that's probably why she wasn't in a physical, actual match with Big Swole. And I'm sure the feud will continue, so they can have a match in the ring, I assume at some point. Um, I just didn't really think this was any good. And uh, I, I would love for Big Swole to win and just move on from this. I, I've seen a lot of conflicting opinions. I saw a lot of people say, oh, Reba was hilarious. She was the best part of this. I thought she was fucking obnoxious as hell. And, like, not in the good way either. Like, I, I just heard screaming, and I, I don't know. Just wasn't a big fan of this whatsoever. Uh, what were your thoughts on this as the opening to All Out on Saturday? Uh, I think the match, I think if it was put anywhere else in the show, it wouldn't have been as highly hated as it was. I just think starting off with one of your big four pay-per-views of the year, I mean, I'm glad I didn't pay $50, thank God. But um, I would if, if I was someone that paid and that's the first one that started, I'd be pissed. The match just 
it just wasn't that good. I, I Reba being funny. I mean, I don't care. Like, I'm not there to watch Reba run around and scream. I'm sorry. Um, I just feel like the match just had weird points in it. The finish was weird. It was just so weird. She hit her with the Novocaine, just pinned her on the chair. Like, what the what the hell was going on there? <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big big Swole fan anyway, so, I mean, the less of her is better for me. I like Britt Baker, but uh, they, they've kind of been teasing this all summer, and that's kind of the way that, I don't know if that's the blow-off or they eventually have an in-ring match, but for all the all the time that they've got on TV, and just to kind of have that stinker was kind of uh, a big letdown for me. Yeah, I mean, again, I didn't love the feud going into the show. I said that last week. It's nice to see that they have a secondary feud in the women's division. I'm all for that. It just has not been that good um, ever since they, quote-unquote, suspended Big Swollen storyline. I just, I don't know, it just kind of fell out of favor with me. And I thought this just sucked. I completely agree, though. I don't think it would have been as bad if it was on the kickoff or on the pre-show or if it was later on in the show as a buffer match. As the opening, it sucked. Uh, we did have the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express. I said here on the show last week, I think, that it was a number one contenders match. It was not. I thought it was going in. It was not. I mean, obviously, Young Bucks were probably getting a shot at some point of the tag titles, um, but not anytime soon, I would imagine. But this was a very fun match. I thought this was very good. Um, one of the better matches on the show from an in-ring standpoint. Absolutely should have been the first match on the show, um, especially considering there, were, there was nothing at stake here. Um, but I thought it was good. I'm a Jurassic Express fan. I've been looking forward to this match for a while, and then we finally got it. And it was very good. Much better than the six-man they did a couple of weeks ago with the Elite versus Jurassic Express. That was a fucking mess. Um, I thought this was a lot better. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed this for what it was. I'm not a big uh, fan of the whole mean mate, the, the whole mean face Young Bucks thing. I know you point that out a lot, RJ. I totally agree. I'm not a big fan of that. But I thought from an in-ring standpoint, it was a very good match, though. Yeah, I thought this was a good match um, for, for what they do. I'm not a big fan of their style or anything like that, but for what it was, that was a good match. Could have just been on the... I thought, at least for the buy-in, if you want people to buy the show, I feel like putting the Bucks on that probably would have been a better choice. I mean, imagine watching the buy-in with Luther and whoever the hell they face. Like, that would not make me want to... If, as a casual fan, I wouldn't want to watch the show just following that, but that was a good match, just... It felt like a dynamite match. Nothing, nothing over the top. Decent little match. Um, yeah, I don't really love the mean, bu- the mean bucks either. It just does nothing for me. But I thought it was a good match for what it was. We then had the Casino Battle Royale to determine a future number one contender to the AEW World Championship. Said this last week. I hate the abundance of battle royals. It's not that I don't like battle royals. I had a lot of people tell me last week when I compared it to the Andre Trophy at WrestleMania, which I understand there's nothing at stake there aside from a pointless trophy. I get that, obviously. What I'm saying is, is that this is the whole, oh, let's get everyone on the card, and usually that battle royal isn't even on the main card, nor should it be, because it's a complete waste of time. There's nothing really notable about it. This was better than your typical Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, but it still wasn't very good. There was a lot going on. They released five people at once. I don't know, I, I liked last year's more Double or Nothing, maybe just because there was a crowd. Um, I liked even the one at All Out with the women I thought was great too, that had Mercedes Martinez as the uh, as the Joker entrant. I don't know, I just didn't really like this one a lot. They try to further some feuds, I appreciated that, but I just feel like when you do the whole get everyone on the show type of match all the time, it just loses specialness, especially when the person who wins doesn't end up winning the championship. So for example, this was won by Lance Archer. He's getting the championship shot on the anniversary show in a month of Dynamite. October 14th, I believe. He ain't going to win that, obviously. We had Nyla Rose win it last year, I believe. I'm, I'm pretty, Yeah, she did. She won last year's uh, 
Casino Battle Royal at All Out. She didn't win the championship when she went for it. Adam Page won last year Double or Nothing, didn't win the championship. And Brian Cage won it earlier this year, didn't win the championship. It's like winning the Rumble four or five years in a row, and that person never wins the championship. At, at a certain point, it loses value, and I just don't care. So, this felt like a mid-card battle royal to me. We mentioned it last week, dude. A lot of tag teams. I'm just not a big fan of that just because we know they're not going to win. So, I, I thought this was just was what it was. The right winner. I'm glad Lance Archer won. But nothing about this really stood out as special as, at all, really, to me. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I just, I, just, I just don't get it. Like you said, there's a ton of tag teams that didn't belong in there. Besides, like, Cage, Darby... Or Lance, I just didn't think anyone else had even had a chance to win. And I just, I don't know, I just don't even think they really built Archer. Like, what they really should have had, Archer should have been, like, in the second group, and they should have had, like, ten losers in the beginning, and he just tossed them all out. They got to make a star out of him or make him seem like a big deal. He's supposed to be this big monster. I just don't really remember, like, usually with the monsters or big guys and those kind of battle royals, they, like, do damage, and I just don't really recall him really doing much in that match. Either Same with Hager. Um... Trying to think who else was kind of bigger in the match. I just feel like they didn't really build him up as like a big deal. So like I, I like Lance. I think he's from what he's actually done, he's done pretty good. But I mean, he's never really on the show either. So um, we'll see where they go from here. I just don't think he's being Moxley. So he'll go back to dark, beating up random jobbers probably after that show on October fourteenth. But for what it was, it was a decent match, I guess. I just also I fucking hated the Darby Allen fucking body bag spot that is just so reckless and stupid mm-hmm. i agree I just, I just that is not my style of wrestling i just that's just straight garbage i just <laughs> I, I hated that honestly i just like that like man no i i completely agree it's right up there with the whole matt hardy spot that was just incredibly dumb i mean come on man why would you do a spot like that even if it did go right he's landing they're still landing on concrete and in this case he was in a fucking body bag the guy does dumb shit um, the skateboard with thumbtacks. I'm not a big thumbtacks guy, but okay, cool, fine, whatever. What if they just, what if Cage just tossed him on the ground and broke his fucking neck? I mean, it's very possible because he was in a bag. There's no way to protect yourself. I don't know. I just, I'm glad you brought that up because I thought that was really stupid too. I like Archer a lot. I'm very happy he won. I'm not happy he's going to be fed to Moxley. Why not save her for full gear? Maybe, maybe their mindset is, oh, it doesn't feel like a full gear main event. But it fucking should be. If you push the guy from the get-go and had him win more important matches, maybe it would feel like a full-gear main event. But to them, it doesn't because they've established him as a step below the main event. A lot like Brian Cage and Ricky Starks and Darby Allin and this guy and that guy. No one is main event aside from Moxley, Hangman, Adam, or uh, Kenny, I'm sorry, Cody, maybe, Jericho. It's really about it. There's not a whole lot of people who I would consider to be main event status in AEW. There's a lot of people who could be and should be, but aren't, due to being relegated to the mid-card scene. Archer's another one. I'm not saying he's dead and buried by any means, but like you said, what does he do after he loses? Going back to beating people up on Dark every week, beating losers? I just, I don't know. I'm glad he won something finally, but this just, uh, I don't know. This doesn't just, it doesn't do a lot for me because the match should be great. And I want a full-fledged program between the two going into a pay-per-view, not a fucking rushed one-month mini-feud. I mean, do that shit with, like, I I don't even know. I think Archer and Moxley has the potential to be a lot more than what they're giving it going into a show, a Dynamite episode in in a week or in uh, four or five weeks. But speaking of dumb spots, we get to Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara, a broken rules match. 
Um, I mean, what do we even say about this? This was just fucking reckless. I mean, nothing we say, nothing we say here hasn't already been said elsewhere in the last five days. This was incredibly dumb. We said last week that the whole stipulation with Hardy losing and he's gone was so dumb. And I feel like that cursed them. Because you know for a fact that if this match didn't have that stipulation, then they wouldn't have restarted the match. And honestly, who even cares? A man's health is on the line here. Just let the match be. You can work your way around it. Cody, it's like the whole thing with him. He can't go for the world championship anymore. Bullshit. He'll get another world title shot at some point. They'll find their, they'll find their way around it. The same way they could have here had they just given Sammy the victory. If anything, Sammy could have won the match. And it would have been kind of cool, to be honest. Because it would have been shocking. And obviously not under the circumstances we were hoping for. But Sammy could have finally won something notable. Because the guy's been a perennial loser since he showed up in the company. He's another one. Been just permanently solidified as a mid-card guy. So anyway, Sammy wins after they do that, they do that dumb spot falling through the table. Hardy missed the table, goes to the concrete, dumb spot. I don't give a shit if they said, oh, he's not concussed, he wasn't concussed in the hospital. The guy was fucked up, that was pretty clear watching this shit. And they continued on anyway, Tony Khan being a mark, continuing the match. He was like, oh, I ordered it to stop, then why did it continue? I mean, that just I, I, there's, there's something missing here from this equation, I don't really understand that. So they climb the scaffold, Hardy wins. Just a really overall embarrassing situation. AEW just getting lambasted for this whole thing, as they should be, because it was a, just a fucking mess from start to finish. But uh, what were your two cents, Mr. Marceau? I just I just wasn't really big on this match to begin with. I, I just, this feud hasn't really done much for me. Like you said, big Sammy Guevara fan. I just think he's just been stapled as a mid-card guy. Like that's, He's basically at that level, and he'll never get higher, it seems like. I mean, I think he needs some more seasoning before he even gets the main event status, but they're not, like, even making us feel like he's even any, a little bit special, so I think that's kind of a little disheartening. But, yeah, the, the whole once we found out that if Hardy lost, he would have to leave, I'm like, dude, come on. They just did this with Dustin and Kip Sabian, like, six months ago. Like, why are we doing this again? Stupidest, stupidest stipulation ever because you know they're not going to lose. And I just I, – I know there was a last-minute standing, but they just start off, like, in the concourse for no reason – which is kind of bizarre. And I just think the whole spot, like, I know the spot was, well, obviously he was meant for the push him off and go through the table, he'd be fine. But when you have that as in the middle of the match, clearly he was going to get up from it because they then at the end went to the planned spot. How can the spot at the middle of the match be more dangerous than the one at the very end where you're going to push a guy off and there's clearly a crash pad when they push Sammy off? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why you take... That if anything, it should have been that first spot should have been the, the ending sequence instead of the other way around. Yeah. Like went on a crash pad, clearly a crash pad. I mean, anyone that like anyone that's I clearly said that was a gimmick spot. You can see like okay, he hit that. That should have been in the middle of the match. and should have got up at nine. But you have a guy spear off a fucking forklift through a, a flimsy table on concrete in the middle of the match or beginning of the match. It just just stupid and just. He shouldn't have conti- they shouldn't have continued. I think I just don't understand. Like you said, oh, I ordered the stop. Then why did it keep going? Then why did the match keep going? If you literally said stop, even if Matt Hardy said a hundred times, I want to keep going, I keep going. If you're, you're the boss, you have the final say. You could say no, like this, like your health's more important. But no, they're like, oh, oh, he passed concussion protocol. You don't what? Because the guy said Do you have a concussion. He said no, and they just kept going. I just, I just think that was so sloppy. It made the announcers look really stupid. I think that I feel bad for them the most. Like them, like 
we got to stop the match, guys. Like, his safety is way more important. And then two minutes later, they would just restart the match. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. like, Doc Samson said he passed concussion protocol. If that's if if he passed concussion protocol, your protocol needs a new change. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like I said, their protocol must have been mad. Do you have, are you okay to go? Yeah. Okay. He's good. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that a lot of their fans agreed because they're usually pretty pretty biased on AEW. So I'm glad that they like everyone pretty much noticed that. Hey, the match should have stopped. I know there was a stipulation, but like you said, they can always work around that stuff. I just after that whole spot, it just kind of took me out of the show from there. Yeah, no, I I could totally see that. Um, just because I felt the exact same way. I felt like the show definitely hit a roadblock at that point. It wasn't a great show even up to that point, but that really was a turning point for the pay-per-view. Um, I, I've enjoyed the feud. I didn't think they needed to do the tables match on Dynamite uh, like a week and a half before the pay-per-view. I thought that was stupid. A rush tables match at that. The stipulation was silly. You never knew. You never really thought Hardy was going to lose, so I thought that was dumb. And I completely agree with the commentator stuff. They made them look like idiots. And even later on, they were offering updates and they were like kind of conflict. They were kind of, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not conflicting. Uh, Jesus. Not counteracting. It's, it's a C word. Uh, going back and forth and whatever. They were just, they were going back on what they were saying earlier. What'd you say? Contradicting. Contradicting. Thank you, Mr. Marceau. Uh, they were contradicting themselves, contradicting themselves on commentary throughout the night, saying, "Oh yeah, Hardy said he was fine. Oh wait, actually he didn't. <laughs> like the doctor cleared him. Oh wait, I don't know. It was just very confusing. It was a giant mess, and the protocol would need to change. The the, the doctor should be embarrassed. The company should be embarrassed. I'm glad Hardy's okay, um, but that situation just should not have happened. After taking that bump, which looked like a disgusting bump, um, there's no reason to continue after that. And like you said. The bump should have been reversed. If you're going to do them, which they shouldn't have, it should have been the other the scaffold one first and then the concrete one. Because what human being gets up from a fucking concrete bump? I mean, the, the whole, what's it, the um, the crash pad thing, as you mentioned? All right, whatever. That didn't really look like it hurt a lot. But, like, the whole thing was just really stupid. So the show was kind of downhill from that point. There were still a lot of good matches on the show, though. Some very good matches, I'll say. Including the women's match, which for me stole the show. Um, Hakura Shida defeating... Uh, Thunder Rosa, I drew a blank there for a moment, um, the NWA World Women's Champion to retain the AEW Women's Championship in a great, great match. Um, would have been better with a hotter crowd. The crowd on this show was an issue, too. I don't care if it was humid. I don't care if there was no one. I mean, there were people there. My issue is, it's not like, oh, they were at, you know, 10% capacity, blah, blah, blah. Dude, they literally, you could hear them. And maybe they amplified the mic for this, but like, they were loud as shit for singing Jericho's theme song because they want to be fucking marks and be part of the show every 10 seconds. But when it comes time to actually take part in a match and give it the attention and enthusiasm it deserves, eh, they're just they're on their hands. That The fans are at fault here, too. I don't care what the weather is. It, it's Dude, they've been in Jacksonville for how long now? Come on. Who cares? I, I don't buy the whole human excuse. That's bullshit. Um, but the match itself, that was great. I really enjoyed this. She had to win cleaning, obviously, as she should have. And uh, Thunder Rose is coming back next week, defeating, or rather, probably defeating, but facing Ivelisse to defend the um, NWA World Women's Championship as well. So, uh, would you say this was the best match of the show, Mr. Marceau? What were your thoughts on this women's clash here? Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was good. Um, I like Sheeta. Thunder Rose is definitely growing on me. Um, I haven't really seen much of her work, but I enjoyed her as well here. 
Um, thought it was a good match. Like you said, the crowd saw in their hands majority of the show anyways. But I just felt like they were not in this match at all. Um, I, I don't believe the hot excuse. I mean, we went to WrestleMania when it was fucking 95 degrees and the fucking heat. 95 degrees and we're in the sun. It wasn't even like we had a we had an amphitheater over our head and it was just humid. I like I was sitting in the sun, sweating my ass off on the on the floor at WrestleMania 33. It wasn't like I was just sitting on my hands the whole time. I just think that was just a bad excuse. I just I just don't think the matches were as hot as the crowd maybe expected to. So they just sat on their hands for a lot of the show. But I don't want to hear that it was hot out. So that's why the crowd was quiet. That's just not a good excuse. I've been in, like you said, we went to WrestleMania. It was hot as hell. I went to WrestleMania a couple of years ago. It was kind of cold. It wasn't like I just sat on my hands all the time. It just If you're there to enjoy it, you're going to enjoy it, regardless of heat or coldness. But that was a good match. Like Sheeta going over, just... Another the issue is they just don't like who's she gonna face for against at full gear. Now the rose again. Eh. I just think the women's division, like we've said a million times, needs a lot of replenishing. I mean, they can sign a lot of women. I just don't think any of them are really ready yet. I like Sarah J. She's not ready. I like Monty. She's definitely not ready. Um, I just think the division needs a lot of work and. Maybe when Britt Baker gets back and she's healthy, maybe she's the one to take the belt off of Sheeta. Um, I think that's kind of the direction I would go with. But uh, besides that, I don't really know what you do unless you go down the well again with uh, Nyla Rose. But I think Sarah J and Ty Conti just need more work before you start pushing them. Yeah, Anna J, but it, it's Sarah J, though. I, no, she's Sarah J to me. She's <laughs> she's going right. not to confuse people. Um, but yeah, no, I think they're both. I, I think they're both good pickups. Like you said, they actually signed officially Tenera. I don't know if it's Conti or Conchi. Mario Bernalo used to say Conchi. I know it's pronounced like it's it's, it's spelled C O N T I as in Conti, but they used to say Conchi. I don't know Tenera, Ty, whatever. Um, she's a good pickup for them. I think she was underutilized in WWE. I, I don't think she's ready to take the championship now or whatever. It's not like a Diana Perazzo, for example, who has always been very, very good. And, for example, just won the Impact Knockouts Championship a couple of months ago. She was ready for that spot. I mean, she's established. She's very good. I can see that. Putting the belt on someone who isn't ready, like a Tainara who needs more seasoning, or a Anna J, Sarah J, what have you, that, that would just be a mistake. Um, Nyla Rose, they teased that on Dynamite. Listen, I like the match. They had a double or nothing. That's not a full gear worthy match. And if it if it was, then why would they have done done that at all out? Nyla Rose hasn't been hurt. She hasn't been on the show in months. I, I completely forgot Vicky Guerrero was even her manager. We haven't seen her in months, which is probably for the better because I just I just don't like Vicky being in the company at all. She's terrible. Um, I don't really know. Uh, Thunder Rose is coming back next week. Chris Statlander um, is still hurt and it's going to be out for a while. Britt Baker should be back in actual action soon. So I, I don't really know what you do, but I think the Nyla Rose match, if they're going to do Lance Archer and John Moxley, which is an actual fresh match on TV, they sure as shit better do her courage sheet and Nyla Rose on TV too. I really hope they don't save that for the pay-per-view and I don't think they will. But yeah, I, I don't buy the whole hot excuse either. That's like saying, oh, the Hardy Boys pop wasn't as loud as it could have been because it was hot in Orlando. No, people came unglued because it was a great moment. Like, the show, maybe, again, part of it's the show, too. I completely agree with some other people. People were like, well, they weren't all that loud because the show wasn't all that great. You know what? You're absolutely right. But at the same time, though, when you have a great match like this, I could hear the fucking, you know, ventilation in the building. That's not good. So, um, they should have been a lot louder than they were. 
back to the uh, you know the matches I didn't really care about here. We had an eight-man tag team match. The Natural Nightmares, Matt Cardona and Scorpio Sky knocking out the Dark Orders. Brody Lee, Cole Cabana, who got pinned. Um, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. This was a glorified Dynamite main event. I just did not care about this. Dustin Rhodes winning for the team obviously set him up to face Brody on Wednesday, which happened last night. Listen, I like Dustin, and he, the guy can still go at 51, but I really feel like if you want to make new stars, you got to give bigger wins to people like Scorpio Sky. He, listen, Cardona's had his shot, but even he's a fresh face. Dustin Rhodes has been here since day one. We need to build up new people here. Uh, Dustin Rhodes is not that fucking guy. QT Marshall is, is not that good, so I probably would have gone with Scorpio Sky personally. And that's assuming they even should have won. Dark Order, you try to get them over as this big deal, and I know you don't care about the group. I've liked them. But you do this great angle where they just lay everyone out, and then they fucking lose to a team that's not even a team. That doesn't make any sense to me. I thought this was a complete waste of time. And yeah, it did serve to set up um, Brody and, and Dustin for Wednesday, so I guess it wasn't a total waste of time. But the match itself did nothing for me, and just I really feel like they made a mistake in giving them the win and giving that win to, uh, to Dustin Rhodes. I thought this was bad booking all around. Yeah, I just this match, I just had zero, zero appeal to it. I just, natural nightmares do nothing for me. Uh, freaking Cardona, he's new, but besides besides basically that, that match with, with Cody, I feel like in that couple brawls, I feel like I haven't even seen him on TV, so he is what he is. And Scorpio Sky, I think he's good. They just haven't given enough time. Hate the, I hate the Dark Order. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Kool-Aid you've been drinking, but, uh, I just and the, just made, like you said, it made no sense. They put them over as this big group. They beat up the Nightmare family, and then they lose the next time in the match. Like, not that it really matters, but like on a on a big platform, they just lose. I don't know. Besides besides Sarah J, I could care less with a dark corner. Yeah, and no, I, I I get that. I, I you're not the only one. I'm definitely the minority who enjoys the group, largely because of what they do on Being the Elite. They're great on that show, um, but this booking does them no favors. Um, it just. Because- group as a whole the issue is they're supposed to be taken seriously and they're all like basically come off as losers that's why no one cares about them it's like if the league of nations were funny on a wwe show people would be like oh they're funny but on tv they lose all the time so why would you care i think that's it's more the fact that they never win so that's why people just seem giving up on them at this point because clearly they they keep put like i don't even know how to say like they keep pushing them because they're always on tv they just never win when it matters so it's like why would you care yeah, no, that's the problem. Brody Lee finally won something, which is good, but, like, the other people are complete losers. Total losers. Like, again, I think that's why I said them losing here doesn't help their cause at all. Because, like, you may not like them, but it's like, okay, they're at least being booked well, they're dominant, they're winning more matches, they're a force to be reckoned with. They lost a fucking gold dust in 2020. Come on, man. Like, that's not how you make a new star. That's, that's, I just... The momentum went down the toilet at that point with me after they lost that match. And the match wasn't even that good. It wasn't even like they had this great match and they lost looking great in defeat. It was a throwaway eight-man tag team match. That should not have happened. If you want to do Dustin and Brody, listen, they fucking should have done that on this show. They didn't need to have Matt Cardona on this show. They didn't need to have Scorpio Sky in this match. They could have both been in the Battle Royal. Maybe have them. one of them win it. Who cares? I don't know. But, like... I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan of it. I really don't think this match needed to happen. I think Dustin and Brody, which people are fucking praising the hell out of on Wednesday, which I don't really understand. Because it was a good match, but like, 
I don't know. I just didn't really care about it that much just because I wasn't really looking forward to it. And I don't know. That match should have happened on Saturday and this match should not have happened at all. Or maybe on a Dynamite before before the pay-per-view. Oh, man. Uh, we get to the Mimosa Mayhem match here. Orange Cassidy, Chris Jericho. Listen, I said going into the show, Mr. Marceau, I'm willing to give this a chance. I'm interested. You automatically hated it. And rightfully so, because the match was boring as shit. Now, I did say in my review, I do think having a hotter crowd would have helped the match a lot. But, man, this was just, this was rough. I mean, I know you were too, but I was looking at my phone like every two seconds. Like, dude, when is this match going to be over? We were approaching, this match ended at 11 o'clock. That's when you left. Had they cut two matches off from this show, you probably would have been there for the full pay-per-view. But you had to leave after this one was over, because the show was running that fucking long. This match just felt like it would never end. They teased it, they teased it, they teased it, and it was my most... I don't know. I just wasn't a big fan of this at all. And the issue with this is, is that I'm not one of these people that says I'm not... I haven't even liked the feud. I have enjoyed the feud, and I've said that. But I feel like it lost a lot, a lot of momentum after that second match when Orange won when he probably shouldn't have. And the match just wasn't that good, and it wasn't a big win. This was a big win, but, like, again, what do you do with Orange Cassidy? We ask it all the time. But now it's no different. Where does he go from here? The guy, is he a main event star? The answer is no. I hated, hated, hated that Jericho promo where he was like, oh, it's not a feud. It's not a rivalry. It's an experiment to see if he can get... Like, what are you talking about, dude? The fuck are you talking about? Not only was the verbiage that he used was stupid, what he was actually saying about Orange Cassidy being, oh, yeah, we made him into a main event star. In what world? Like, if this is a year later and he won the world championship, okay. But, like, he hasn't even beaten you yet. So what are you talking about? I I don't know. I just really did not like this whole thing, and I hated the outcome, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't liked this feud at all. I just think Jericho is better than this. I just... Not even that I hate Orange Cassidy. I, don't, I just think that he's just a glorified comedy guy, so he shouldn't be beating Chris Jericho, who is your top heel, for the last year, and twice. And just the matches, both the matches that he won weren't particularly good. Um, I thought this, I, I agree with you. I think if there was a crowd, it probably would have came across even better. Just like them teasing them, dunking in them, dunking them in the thing. Like that would have been like, Oh, like people would have got into it. I know wrestling fans, they would have gotten into it. They'd get over it with anything, but that, I think that would have added a little bit more to the match, but just like, it felt like it took forever. It just wasn't that good. The finish was kind of stupid. Like Jericho just laying in the tub. Like, I don't know. I just, the whole concept alone, I hated Jericho losing again, it's like, okay, so Jericho is your top heel uh, for the last year. Basically, he probably still is your top heel, actually. So, your top heel loses to a comedy guy twice. Now he's going to go into a tag team division that's overly packed. And now Orange Cassidy, what do you do with him? Like, who, he beat the biggest heel, so who does he face now? Mm-hmm. And another issue is everyone else is not that they're taken up, but, like, what's Orange going to go beat fucking Cage now? Like, what, like, that is the issue. He beat the top heel in the company, so now what do you do with him? He peaked. Exactly. He fucking blew his load before he even got in. I mean, it just... I just don't get it. You just... just I just... I don't know. I just don't really get it. Like like I said, it's like basically you're peaking before you need to, and then it's just like, now what do you do? Because there's nothing to do is the mm-hmm. problem. There's... Every other heel is basically taken up at this point. Cage and and Ricky Starks are against Darby. Archer's against Moxley. What are you going to do? Orange Cassidy versus MGF? Please, God, no. Um, <laughs> I just don't know what you do from here. I just, 
I, I think they thought like, oh my God, we're going to make this big star when in reality it's like, I just don't, if they ever put the world championship on him, I just think they'd lose a ton of viewership because the guy, you can't take the guy seriously. No, that's the issue. You can't. So it's not like they can put a top, maybe even the mid card title at some point, which even then is questionable, but like he's already beaten the guy in the company, the face of the company in Chris Jericho. I just, I don't get it. I just, maybe if they did this a year from now, it just feels incredibly rushed. Like the guy no, went from, what'd you the say? The do it with someone, the right person. That's the, the problem. problem. That's the I'm thing. I, I know we're going to get complaints as in like, oh, you, you know, you got to make new stars. Like people complain, you can't, listen, Orange Cassidy is not going to win the fucking world title. Why not invest this type of build into someone who can actually reach that type of level, whether it be a Jungle Boy or an MJF, or a Scorpio Sky. He can avenge that loss to Jericho. Why didn't they do that feud? I mean, even Matt Cardona would have made more sense. Orange Cassidy, I do... I mean, okay, that's a stretch, but you look at the roster, I can name 90% of that roster that would make more sense in, in this spot than Orange Cassidy. Yes, he is popular, but that doesn't mean he's going to win the world title, nor should he. The gimmick is very limited. There are just certain gimmicks that should not get above a certain level. Some people don't get beyond a certain level because the company won't push them beyond a certain level. He shouldn't be beyond a certain level unless he's going to ditch the whole Orange Cassidy thing. Everything that makes him special in the first place. It just It's mind-boggling to me personally. Yeah, I just I, like I said, I think the biggest issue with this whole thing is they put the wrong guy in that position. They put someone like Jungle Boy in it, and he got a big win over Jericho, and then he went for the title. And If he beat Jericho then went for the title and won it, he'd be a fucking star. I mean, exactly. If he beat Jericho, then went on and beat Moxley at like full gear, people are like, holy shit, like he's a big deal now. But like Jericho just losing to Orange Cassidy, it's like, it's not even like if he beat, if he beat Moxley, I'd be like, that's just fucking stupid. Like I wouldn't like, and I'm not even the biggest Moxley fan, but if they did Orange Cassidy versus Moxley, like, that's so fucking dumb. Exactly. It, like it's just a different reaction. They just didn't put the right guy in this position. And now I think they're like, okay, shit, now what do we do with the guy? Because I just don't know what you do with them now. Yeah, I feel like there was a, I feel like that was um, error in judgment on Jericho's call because I feel like Jericho really pushed to work with him because he's a big Orange Cassidy fan. He wasn't initially, and he, he came into the company thinking he was a joke. And then he got one over, he got the gimmick, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, I want to work with him. I don't know. I feel like his first program after the whole elite shit should have been someone that he can work with, beat, and move on. He has now lost to John Moxley. He lost the Stadium Stampede. And now he lost to Orange Cassidy twice. And he's probably going to lose the tag team title thing too because they're not going to win the tag team titles. So, I, I don't know. I just feel like we're getting the Jericho of like 2013 here where he's a little too giving. And he's not... I mean, again, I know this is the same guy that went undefeated for like six months. He had a six-month reign as champion. I'm not saying they're burying Jericho, but they got to pick their spots. Because when you do get to a Jungle Boy a year from now to face Jericho, it ain't going to mean shit when they beat Jericho, because Orange Cassidy already beat him twice, and he's still on fucking dark facing Will Hobbs. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I think the problem is here, so. We'll see. It's all about the aftermath. The hate set. hate sound like a broken record, but it is. We'll see where they go with him. Um, you mentioned John Moxley. He did beat MJF on the show to retain the AEW World Championship. I know you didn't see the match. Um, I know you took off at that point. I don't know if you saw any highlights or anything, but... Uh, what were your thoughts on Moxley successfully retaining the AEW World Championship against MJF and the unfortunate tease of a split of MJF and Wardlow? It looks like we're headed in that direction, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I didn't see any of the matches. I kind of just heard Jim Cornette's review of it, so I thought that was pretty much good enough besides watching it. I mean, writes on every fucking menu detail. So, um, I, from what it sounded like, I don't think he really hate like, the match didn't sound like it was that bad. I just, he basically said if it was in front of a crowd, it would have turned MJF face. He said, like, a lot of things that were happening would have, he thought if a crowd was there that was actually into it, they would have turned on, turned, like, it would have been like a double turn, turning MJF face and, mocks the heel but for what it sounds like it i just thought it was a, like i never thought mjf was gonna win i just i'm an mjf mark so i was hoping he was gonna win but i mean i don't think any of the lead up into it made me feel like mjf even had a chance to win i thought mox was going easily and i mean he did win i fucking hate the idea of them breaking him and Wardlow up it seems like that's the direction they're going with the teasing last night i just I said it a thousand times. You can't have a messy divorce when you've been married for two weeks. I mean, <laughs> yeah. really been together. I just like the whole point of having like a big bodyguard is that like when you're the champion, you fucking hide behind him like a shit heel. And like, I just I don't know. I don't know why you break them up. I think Wardlow is still very green. And things. what are you gonna do? Have him face MGF, and then after they move on from that, be on dark every week. I just he's not that good that you can just like. Oh, we're gonna have him face MGF, and break, he'll be this big breakout star. Like he's not that good in the ring. I think he needs a lot more time to get like his seasoning down. So I, I would keep him with MGF. He's never really in matches, anyways. That's another thing. It's like you never see the guy even on dark. I mean, I don't really want him on dark killing people, but at least get the guy some seasoning or do something with him. I just, I think breaking them up would be extremely premature. I mean, I thought breaking MGF and Cody up as soon as they did was pretty premature as well. I think mm-hmm. some people think that. I mean. I thought they could have milked that even longer than they did, but they didn't. So, um, I just I said last week I don't know if they when Jericho lost what they're gonna do with them, if Orange Cassidy wins what they're gonna do with them, if MGF lost what they're gonna do with them. Same with the Hangman and Omega. I just I feel like there's a lot of directionless people at this point. And I just fear for what's next. Yeah, so do I. I just feel like we've been saying this forever, but to break up MGF and Wardlow at this point would be a massive mistake. I'm not a fan of that at all. Um, I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a very good match, actually. A very good performance from MJF. The right result, I think. I don't think it was MJF's time. But, again, it's all about the aftermath. The guy only lost one match. He's not dead and buried. Um, Didn't love the whole finish. Like, oh, Moxley cheated. What a great way to work around it. Mm I don't know. Some people are like, oh, man, that finish was brilliant. Okay, I I don't know why a babyface cheating would would be brilliant, but whatever. And that's not even like he's going to get another title shot. He's like, oh, Moxley cheated. I get another title shot. He won't. It doesn't look like he is. So what's the point? I don't know. I'm I just I'm, I'm very I'm very worried for MJF. I'm not saying he's going to be buried again. But as I said, I'm very concerned for what his immediate future is in AEW um, coming off this loss and the apparent split from Wardlow. I fear more for Wardlow than I do MJF. I joked this to, I joked about this to you before the show, but you could just put him, Lance Archer, and Brian Cage in one fucking stable, the directionless big guys or something like that because they bring in all these big guys and they have a good start and then they just go on to do nothing. And they've won a couple of matches. Cage is the FDW champion, which means absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> and Lance Archer just became the number one contender, but you know he's going to lose. you got to give these big men some big wins. they got to go in there killing guys, uh, uh, like guys that we know, not just the... Sean Deans and Lee Johnsons of AEW Dark. They gotta pick up big wins. And we haven't seen that yet from any of these guys. Wardlow lost his fucking debut against Cody. So, I mean, these guys gotta win at some point. I don't know how I forgot about this, but the tag team title match as well, real quickly. Um, FDR knocking off uh, 
Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega to win the FT, uh, AEW, excuse me, all over the place right now. AEW World Tag Team titles. Very good match. Way too long. This was like 30 minutes long. It was it was like 10 minutes longer than it should have been. Um, I just didn't love the match. I thought it would be better. I thought it was very good for what it was. Uh, but I am glad that we're finally moving on from Page and Omega as a tag team, though. And, and the right result, FDR becoming the new champions. Yeah, I thought I thought FT, FDR winning was the right choice there. Um, didn't love the match. I thought it was good for what it was. I think it went way too long. No crowd kind of killed it for me a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of time. The finish kind of, I mean, the finish was kind of silly. Like, Omega basically cost him the win, and then he was the one that was, like, pissed off. I, I kind of didn't really get that kind of scenario. Like, he's the one that hit Paige with the V-trigger. He got pinned, and then he was, like, all pissy after the match, teasing he was going to hit Paige, and then he just stormed off. Basically said he was out of the elite for no reason. Even said the Bucks, it's either me or him, even though they kicked him out, hangman out of the elite, like, two weeks before. Like, I don't know. I, I thought the match was good, but I just, I just, I don't know. I just don't know what you do here. I guess they, I, I, I guess you do Kenny and, and hangman next, but they didn't really, like, do much on dynamite to really further that yeah i thought the i thought the interviews were good um i thought you know what they kind of set forward with page saying oh i want another shot and, and then omega's like no lol sorry like i'm just moving on <laughs> i don't want anything to do with the tag title scene i thought that was good and uh omega made a great point what we've been arguing forever that he should have been a bigger star upon coming to the company and he's just not you know so I, i'm liking where they're going with it I do want a definitive heel turn at some point. I feel like they're dragging it on to the point where when we get there, some fans may not care. But I hope we do get there sooner rather than later because it's time for it. We need we need Heel Omega. And uh, you've probably given up on your idea of Paige with FTR at this point, right? Are you still holding on to that? <laughs> I still have a glimmer of hope, but I'm not holding my breath on it. <laughs> we'll see. Stranger things have happened. Um, so overall impressions of All Out on Saturday, Mr. Marceau? Uh, I thought it was a, just a big disappointment. I mean, I think the matches that I was looking forward to just didn't deliver, and then just anything else on the underneath card that we already just didn't care about wasn't good either. So thought it was their worst show they've done so far, definitely, especially for pay-per-view. Um, I don't know. I, just, I think another thing is I don't think we're high, highly positive or really over the top for the show to begin with. So it maybe it didn't kill it as bad for me because i remember last week we just kind of crapped on everything besides like <laughs> three big matches but besides Sheeta and rosa um ftr and like omega good match but i mean it wasn't i think the, the no, no crowd and just i don't know just went on forever i just i don't know i just think the show just that did everything that i was looking forward to disappointed and the rest of the show was just terrible so um i'm just glad i didn't spend 50 bucks on it honestly thank god we got br live for free so that, that's that's a good one <laughs> Um, and I, I thought it was a very underwhelming show. Easily the weakest slash worst though, the worst show they've done yet. Not even a question. Uh, yeah, I just thought the show sucked. I thought Dynamite was a nice bounce back show, though. I will say that real quickly. Uh, we're going to talk about Raw and NXT to close out the episode here. Uh, but real quickly from Dynamite, there really wasn't a lot that actually happened. Um, it was more storyline stuff. Matt Hardy offering an update on his condition, which was nice. Um, Jericho and Hager in the tag team division. Who cares? And just some setup for next week, which is okay. The big part of the show was the debut of Miro in AEW, um, the former Rusev from WWE. In a nutshell, I'll say this quickly. We talked about it before we went live here on the show on the phone. I like the idea of Rusev in AEW. The guy was underutilized for the last couple of years. He was in WWE. I think he's a great get for them. 
the issue, uh, two things, one, one, two things. And I know one of them is kind of a point that you made that I agree with. One, I don't like the whole anti-WWE brass ring bullshit. I've heard it a million fucking times. Who cares? I'm not saying they, they didn't, you know, WWE doesn't deserve it because they absolutely fucked this guy's career. Not fucked his career, but like they should have done better by him than they did. I get that. Totally understand that because I totally agree with that. To come in and have that be your first promo, eh, I feel like we hear that all the time. So that that's an instant turnoff. The second thing, Kip Sabian's a great wrestler as a character. Could not care less. Penelope Ford is a better character, just more, just better to me all around, in my opinion, than um, than than Kip Sabian. So I don't really care about the whole Miro Kip Sabian Twitch bullshit. Just sounds like another Jimmy Havoc Kip Sabian tag team that no one really asked for. Miro seems better than that. If the guy's going to be hosting a wedding, yeah, he's funny and he can make it work maybe, but like, I want to see him taken seriously. So, I don't know. I just, I didn't think it was the greatest debut, but it was great to see him and I thought he came across well. I just didn't love the promo. Um, but nonetheless, I am excited to see what he does in the company and I think he's a great get for AEW. Uh, what were your criticisms slash thoughts on the Rusev Miro debut in AEW, uh, RJ, on, on Dynamite Wednesday? I, th- I thought it was a good debut for the fact that, like, I like to see him in AEW not, not doing anything. I just, I said this to you before, I just fear for the guy. He just immediately is getting paired with a, I would say he's a good wrestler, but his character is like, he's like a comedy character. His character is he's just a goof, Kip Sabian, like, I just, in another wedding, like, we like my tux is still at the dry cleaners in the last Rusev wedding I've been to, so, like, <laughs> don't, don't really care about that, and... I just he he'll probably get thrust in the tag team with Kip Sabian, and I mean eventually he'll probably break off. I just the track record. I just I people keep saying, "Oh, go to AEW. They'll be like they'll be treated better." I just how can you say that? Sean Spears is his run in AEW has been terrible. Freaking mm-hmm. Matt it's been short, but he hasn't really done anything of note. Brody Lee, it took him some time. I guess he's the TNT champion, but I mean I wouldn't say it's. As much that's a that much bigger deal than all his intercontinental reigns. I mean, nothing, anyways. But I just, I just, I hate the notion. If you go to AEW, it's gonna be better. It's just that's just not true. It just hasn't really shown off. Even like people are like, oh, Moxley, thank God he went to AEW. He's gonna be a bigger star. Like, he, how much stuff more could he have done in WWE? Was he a little underutilized? Yes, but he did a lot of things too. Like he held the belts, did all the fucking nine. I just. I just hate the fact that they think, oh, Miro's in uh, AEW now. That was going to get utilized correctly. He'll probably be a mid-card guy there, too. Never get above a certain level. And then everyone will be like, oh, it's great, though, because he's on AEW. Like, that's the issue. They just, he could do the same thing that he did in WWE. Never get above a certain level. But like, oh, it's so great. He had great matches. Uh, like, no. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, yeah, it, I, I totally agree. Looking at the track record of who they've had in the company so far this year. It just, it doesn't look great. Like, I feel like they almost have too many people that they know what to do with. I mean, I just got done talking about Lance Archer and Brian Cage, two guys they brought in this year that really haven't done a whole lot. The FDW, mean, the FDW title means absolutely nothing, so that, that just doesn't even count. Um, they got to do more with these people. If the guy goes on a team with Kip Sabian and lose to Sonny Kiss and, and Joey Janela on Dark, then he would have been in a worse spot than he was in when he was with WWE because it'd be a fucking joke. Like... They got to pick their spots. They got to utilize the guy properly. And the thing is, I literally just got done talking about this, and I think I mentioned it to you before the before we got started. I don't think I mentioned it here on the show that they need more single stars. They have a Darby Allen. They have a Ricky Starks, Brian, who are kind of a tag team. 
Um, but they have those guys. They have Scorpio. Cody's gone for right now. Brody Lee is a part of a faction, but more of a singles guy, which is good. They need more mid-card to upper mid-card guys. He fits that role. I don't think um, having to be with Kip Sabian is the answer. Because he's just going to be their third wheel and he'll be entertaining. He'll do funny shit. But, like, we've seen that before. And maybe he could do it and make it entertaining. But, you know, I, I would just want to see him in the TNT title picture. Like, I know him and him and Harper may not be a great, great match or whatever. And maybe it would be. I don't know. I don't know if they've ever had a match before, Rusev and Luke Harper. But, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like they could be... They, they don't... They need more single stars. And they don't need more tag teams. I don't really feel like this is accomplishes a lot. Though I do think he can go far. I like the idea they brought him in. I'm not shitting on that. I'm shitting on the idea that he might be in a directionless tag team with Kip Sabian within a month. That That's what I really hate about this whole thing. Yeah, that's my biggest bitch with the whole thing, too. I think they're just, it's going to, he'll be in a meaningless tag team. Maybe, it's just, just, like I said, there's no stars. They need stars. Make stars. Don't fucking put a comedy guy over when you could have made Jungle Boy a star. I just... Or Scorpio Sky. You can make someone a bigger star than they were by beating Jericho and then give it to some fucking goof that puts his hands in his pockets. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, I like Orange Cassidy. That's not the role for him, though. That's the thing, so. Anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Miro and the rest of the uh, Dynamite crew. That Wednesday show is a nice rebound from Saturday. Not not great. It was good, but it wasn't wasn't great, I don't think. I, I didn't think, but it was pretty good. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, as we close out here, I don't think we spent as much time talking it all out as we did. Um, I'll just get some quick thoughts from you on Raw and NXT from this past week. Cedric Alexander joining the Hurt Business, in my opinion, was probably the sole highlight from Raw this past week. I could give two shits about the rest of Raw. Very forgettable show. I'll be the first to say when it was a good show, nothing about this show, in my opinion, stood out as special. A lot of rematches. It was rematch of fucking Mania again on Raw this week. But Cedric turning heel, in my opinion, has a lot of promise. I'm not saying he's going to be champion within a week or two, but... It's better than what he was doing earlier. Um, it makes sense. They've been teasing it for a while. It reminds me of Roddy with the Undisputed Era where he got he turned him down before joining them soon You know, soon after, which I like. Um, he's a good fit in the group. I think him and Benjamin could be the next tag team champions. The Street Profits have held the titles long enough. It's time for a change. I think him and Benjamin would be the perfect fit for the next Raw Tag Team Champions. Maybe you get the U.S. title on MVP, which I don't love, but... You know, I'm not saying they all have to have championships, but if you do, maybe Bobby goes after the WWE title back at some point. Uh, but nonetheless, what were your uh, takeaways from Cedric Alexander joining the Hurt Business on Monday, RJ? Definitely better than what he's doing now. Um, I, I'll get him on TV. I'll, I'm interested to see what happens. I, I think they'll probably make him and Shell on a tag team. They could use him. Um, but no, I, I think it's good. I, I really like Cedric when he started breaking out a little bit from NXT in the Cruiserweight division, but... Uh, They've kind of dropped the ball with him, team up with Ricochet. I think both guys are better than that. But I was hoping they'd get a tag run out of it, and they kind of just flied on that once Heyman uh, stepped down or got fired or whatever the hell you want to call it. But, uh, no, I like Cedric a lot, and I think this can at least give him more airtime and hopefully push his career a little bit further up than it is now. Yeah, hopefully. Um, he could just be the next guy that gets the shit kicked out of him in the group is what I'm trying to say here. He could be the next guy that they just beat the shit out of him. Like Benjamin, he was getting pinned for a while. They didn't really give a fuck about him. Um, that could be what happens to you know Cedric Alexander, but I hope not because the guy's really, really good and he's better than that. Um, but I do think he has promise in the Hurt Business. I've been enjoying what they've been doing lately, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what they got going on from there. Um, Pete and Royce, Billy Kay, what the fuck was this, dude? I know you had a big issue with this as much as I did. I just... <sighs> 
Not that they're the greatest tag team of all time, but like you have them teamed together for a while. NXT, they come up to the main roster, they win the belts, have a forgettable title run. They just kind of tread water for a little bit. You eventually break them up. Why the hell would you do the first match the next week on Raw? I just don't get why you wouldn't just like... I mean, I'm not like clamoring for a Billy Kay and Peyton Royce feud, but it's better than fucking Lana and Natalia versus Mickey James. It has at least has some history to it. You can build them up as babyface and heel, blow it off on a pay-per-view and make someone a bigger deal than they are. No, they have Peyton Beater in like five minutes and they hug and make out after. And it went nowhere. I just... I just don't get it. Just... They had the. I I feel like they definitely are high in Peyton Royce. I think she does have has a lot of potential, but that just that wasn't the start. I would have I would have gone. I would have had her and Billy Kay had a little feud, blow it off, and then do the draft, and then you can split them up from there. I just think beating her in five minutes and hugging, and kissing after, just like they just are like, oh, we had a breakup, but we're still friends. Like even though Peyton threw her in the ring and she got her ass kicked last week on Underground, they're just gonna make out and hug after the match. I don't know, just stupid. Yeah, just I don't know. I wasn't a fan of how they handled this. Not that Peyton Royce and Billy Kay would have been a money feud or whatever, but logically, you you build it up to a pay-per-view or the kickoff show even, or give it more time than they did. It really feels like they're desperate to move on from this, that they just want to get it out of the way and move on. Um, It wasn't a great match. It wouldn't have been a great match regardless, but just to throw it out there with zero hype, like, oh, coming up next, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay facing each other. Like, what? Like, you couldn't bother to advertise that? That was bizarre. Um, let me see. Dominic Mysterio and Murphy, the street fight. Um, I, I liked it actually. I liked the ending. I hated the camera cuts. That was so annoying. But you had the whole Mysterio family in there just beating the shit out of Murphy. I thought that was cool. Um, any thoughts on that, Mr. Marceau? No, I marked out. It's the Mar- it's the Mysterio family. What do you expect? They could yeah. do anything, and I'll never say a bad <laughs> word about that. Um, no, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, do we really need the whole family in there beating the shit out of Murphy, making the guy look like a loser? Probably not. But uh. I mean, I marked out. I mean, I love the family. Big fans of them. So, uh, A-plus in me. Yeah, no, I, I liked it. I just didn't like the way that they filmed it. But, uh, yeah, you got Angie in there. You got Aaliyah. You got Dominic. You got Ray. I thought Mr. Marceau was marking out somewhere. Oh, I was going crazy. I wish I wish the, wish I was there live. I would have probably ripped my pants off. <laughs> Finally, what purpose does Randy Orton beating Keith Lee by DQ solve? Like, what, what purpose does that serve? Because it, 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 it just completely hurts Keith Lee. Any momentum that he gained from beating Orton at the pay-per-view is completely gone at this point, or at least a little bit gone. Okay, I won't go that far. I won't say it's completely gone, but it's just stupid that two of the three matches he's had ended in some kind of disqualification because Drew is basically interrupting. And it just makes it, makes it seem like even though Keith beat Randy, this doesn't mean much because they're still like pushing Randy and... Randy and Drew, and they keep interfering in the match, and just makes Keith Lee look like a fucking makes him just look like he's inferior to them. Which, even though he beat Randy, just them continuously beating each other up, not really giving any regard to him after the fact. It's like it's not even like Drew comes in and beats up on Randy, and Keith gets like pissed and like gets involved. It's just they get in this little schmoz, then they just focus on them two, and then Keith's just like, "What's he like laying under the ring?" Like that's something I think they're just kind of not that he's underutilized he just he's in this feud in a, a way that he's not being utilized really in like the best light yeah i just i don't know just don't do the match then i know you don't want to beat orton again before he goes for the wwe championship at the pay-per-view but then you don't do the match like the third time and technically the fourth time if you count raw last week in the triple threat four times in three weeks is ridiculous 
So I'm not a big fan of that. I mean, he's not dead and buried. I shouldn't have said completely. I meant to say, like, partially. Um, but people are bound to forget about it if they do more shit like that. So. The word. It keeps dropping the buried word. Now, no, I'm saying he's not buried. He's not buried. Uh, you said he's completely lost all his momentum. No, I didn't say. I, I did say that, but I, then I, I retracted. Then I said he partially uh, lost his momentum. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, hey, can't check the archives now. He took it back. <laughs> exactly. Um, quickly from NXT, we got two new developments here. Uh, Finn Balor becoming the new NXT champion over Adam Cole. Great match. Right result. Predictable result, but still a very good match. Um, what were your thoughts on the match? The new champion being crowned RJ, and what do you expect Finn Balor to do from here as the new two-time NXT champion? Big fan of Finn winning the belt back. I said it last week he'd win the Iron Man match. They just gave us a runaround. Still kind of annoyed about that. Even though this was a great match, I mean, Finn should just won an Iron Man match. But, uh, no, I'm a big fan of Finn. I think it'll be a decent reign. I just, I think obviously, obviously it was a plan. They thought uh, Karen Cross would have been champion at this point so i'm not sure exactly what you do with them probably face champa down the line or probably next and i don't know i guess it all depends on how long carrion's out for if he's only out for a few months maybe you can have finn versus tomaso and then when he comes back carrion can beat him back but besides that i, I would like to see if it's not karen beating him i'd like to see someone younger maybe like a damian priest or bronson reed not his biggest fan but maybe cameron grimes as well maybe they're the ones that beat finn for the belt but I just think that they need to build new, bigger stars in NXT. They're either gone or, like, Champ is still there, but, like, he's won the belt. Gargano, same thing. Keith Lee moved on. Other guys have moved on. So I think it's time to start making bigger stars, and one of those three guys definitely I think you could build into a future star. I agree. I think they got to start looking toward the future, and, um, you know, I think those three guys are definitely guys that they could build around in the future. Um, speaking of creating new stars, I was surprised that Mercedes Martinez did not beat Rhea Ripley in the Steel Cage match main event. Um, but that's probably because she's retribution bound. It was revealed. I think she was a part of the retribution angle on Raw this week behind the mask. Dijakovic was obvious. Uh, Mia Yim, you can kind of clearly see her eyes. Not clearly, but it was pretty obvious. Uh, Mercedes, same thing. So it looked like she's headed to Raw, which is why she lost here. Otherwise, I don't know why you would beat her if she's supposed to be the new monster heel of that division. And she was also a bump from the Robert Stone brand. So it's safe to assume that she's done in NXT. And Rhea Ripley has her sights set on becoming a two-time NXT North, uh, North American champion, NXT Women's champion. Um, but yeah, I liked the match, though. I thought it was a great match, a great blow-off, a cool finish. I thought this was everything it was supposed to be. Slightly surprising result, but that's simply because it looks like Mercedes is headed to the main roster. Um, do you feel that same way, RJ, about Mercedes going well, to Raw? Seems like that's what the rumors are pointing towards. I mean... I would have given her more time on NXT. I thought they were going to build her up as a big heel or one of the bigger stars, but they're just going to push her on the main roster. I guess so. I thought the match was good. Her getting booed out of the Robert Stone brand. Does anyone really care? Um, and I, I guess she's retribution bound. Don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I just, I fear, I fear for this group. I think they're going to flop like a fish, but uh, we'll see what happens. I just, I think it's stupid how they made them brand specific now. That's kind of stupid. Um, I don't know. I just think the whole retribution angle, I, I had hope at first. I think even though nothing really has happened, I'm starting to just realize that it's not going to turn anything into anything big. So <laughs> I guess it's nicer to be on the main roster, but I just don't see it going anywhere. Yeah, they um, yeah, they just don't have any plans for that group. So I don't really even know what to say about that. It's pretty clear at this point. They're just throwing shit at a wall to see what sticks because it's just... 
They just they, they don't know what they have no clear direction. They haven't done anything overly remarkable so far. I enjoy the Raw Underground stuff more than I do the um, Retribution shit. I think that's just a total waste of time. But I like the NXT in the whole. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next week. Um, I thought Dynamite and NXT were both two good shows this week. NXT will be back on Wednesdays next week. And then Dynamite, I think, is going to be on Thursday. And they're airing like a random one-hour episode on Wednesday. I don't fucking know. So we may not even be able to review Dynamite next week. Definitely NXT, though. So more on that. Uh, next Thursday. People can check out new episodes of the show every single Thursday on WrestleRantRadio.com, <laughs> WrestleRant.com, <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, um, Podbean. We're all over the place, so rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode every single Thursday. Find me on the Twitter machine at WrestleRant, Mr. Marceau, at RJ underscore Marceau. And that's about it, Mr. Marceau, unless you have any closing thoughts as we ride off into the sunset here. No, no closing, no closing remarks. I mean, I ranted already too much. So. <laughs> I'm exhausted from all the ranting, so I'm about to go uh, kick back, relax, and I was gonna say watch some Jim Cornette rant videos, but I feel like that you already have that covered. Yeah, I mean, I haven't listened to him all day, so I need to get, I need to get some, uh, get some Cornette in my blood today. Got to get some Cornette uh, two cents in the uh, Marceau bloodline for uh, for today. So, Mr. Marceau, thanks as always. I'll talk to you next week, brother. See you later. Adios. Okay.